0: We're now reading in the book of Judges, chapter 18. In those days there was no king in Israel. In those days the tribe of the Danites sought an inheritance to dwell in, for to that day their inheritance had not fallen to them among the tribes of Israel. The children of Dan sent five men of their family from their whole number, men of valor from Zorah and from Eshtaol, to spy out the land and to search it, They said to them, go explore the land. They came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and they lodged there. When they were by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of a young man, excuse me, the Levite. So they went over there and said to him, Who brought you here? What do you do in this place? What do you have here? He said to them, Thus and thus has Micah dealt with me, and he has hired me, and I have become his priest. They said to him, Please ask, counsel of God, that we may know whether our way which we go shall be prosperous. The priest said to them, Go in peace, the way in which you go is before Yahweh. Then the five men departed and came to Laish, and saw the people who were there, how they lived in safety in the way of the Sidonians, quiet and secure, for there was no one in the land possessing authority that might put them to shame in anything. And they were far from the Sidonians and had no dealings with anyone else. They came to their brothers at Zorah and Eshtaol, and their brothers asked them, What do you say? They said, Arise, and let's go up against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. Do you stand still? Don't be slothful to go and enter in to possess the land. When you go, you will come to an unsuspecting people, and the land is large, for God has given it into your hand a place where there is no lack of anything that is in the earth. The family of the Danites set out from Zarah and Eshtayol with 600 men armed with weapons of war. They went up and encamped in Kiriath-Jerim in Judah. Therefore they call that place Mahanay-Dan to this day. Behold, it is behind Kiriath-Jerim. They passed from there to the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who went to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brothers, Do you know that there is in these houses an ephod and teraphim, and a carved image and a molten image? Now therefore consider what you have to do. They went over there and came to the house of the young Levite bed, even to the house of Micah, and asked him how he was doing. The six hundred men, armed with their weapons of war, who were of the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. The five men who went up to spy at the land went up and came in there and took the engraved image, the ephod, the teraphim and the molten image and the priest stood by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house, they took the engraved image, the ephod, the teraphim and the molten image and the priest said to them, what are you doing? They said to him, hold your peace, put your hand on your mouth and go with us Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better to be a priest to the house of one man or to be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? The priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod, the teraphim, and the engraved image and went with the people. So they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods before them. When they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. As they called to the children of Dan, they turned their faces and said to Micah, What ails you, that you come with such a company? He said, You have taken away my gods which I made, and the priest, and have gone away. What more do I have? How can you ask me what ails you? The children of Dan said to him, Don't let your voice be heard among us, lest angry fellows fall on you, and you lose your life with the lives of your household. The children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. They took that which Micah had made, and the priest whom he had, and came to Laish, to a people quiet and unsuspecting, and struck them with the edge of the sword, and they burned the city with fire. There was no deliverer, because it was far from Sidon, and they had no dealings with anyone else, and it was in the valley that lies by Bethrehob. They built the city and lived in it. They called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city used to be Laish. The children of Dan set up for themselves the engraved image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses, and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's engraved image, which he made, and it remained all that time that God's house was in Shiloh. Well, <laughs> um, the, the, these last chapters of the book of Judges have been called the sewer of Scripture, and you might not realise quite how bad it is just yet. It's going to get worse than the chapters ahead. But what we've got here is is people following. Um, what they think is right, with no regard for God, and it started in the last chapter with this guy Micah making his own god, you know, out of silver, and then hiring a priest who was from, you know, he was a Kohathite, Levite priest from the tribe of, uh, you know, from the area of Judah. And we find out at the very end of the chapter just that we just read that his name was Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of... Did you hear it? Moses. It's Moses' grandson. So, (laughs) shock identity right there. Things have gotten bad real quick. You know, it was only Moses two generations ago that was in the Israelites. So strict about the law of Moses. Here's his grandson in the promised land. He's a priest with an idol. And he goes with, you know, with this guy Micah, lives in his house, and he's basically set up an alternate you know, sanctuary to worship God. And they're all doing it sincerely. In this chapter, some five spies from the land of Dan come up and they're trying to find new land. And it says that their inheritance had not fallen to them. That's what it said at the start of this chapter. Now, some people have thought, how could that be? Because, you know, back in the book of Joshua, we read that a certain area of land was allotted to Dan. So what's happened is, that there was an area of land allotted, but they hadn't been able to conquer it. And we read that earlier in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 1, that they weren't actually able to drive out the inhabitants of the land. They didn't have enough faith or courage or whatever, so their inheritance hadn't fallen to them. The lot had fallen to them, but not the land. And so what we've got here now is that they decide to go and look for somewhere else they can get land, And this area that they're going to look is way up in the north of Israel, but it's actually not the area that they were allotted. So the city that they're going to conquer, the city of Laish, which they're going to rename Dan, it's not part of their original inheritance. And so there's various opinions about all of this. But what occurs to me is that the Lord gave them something and they were supposed to come into it by faith, but they didn't have faith. And so they've gone now and found this unsuspecting city, an area that the Lord didn't give to them. And they're now taking that by force. And they're actually killing people that the Lord didn't say to kill. So now we've got something that's actually wrong. Like earlier when the Lord said to drive out the Canaanites, that was justice that the Lord intended because those people were so evil, evil like you can't imagine. And the Lord was now taking the land off them and giving it to the Israelites. But now we've got people in Laish that the Lord didn't say to attack and they're attacking them. So it's wrong on multiple levels. And, um, but at the base level, they're trying to take an inheritance for themselves from something the Lord doesn't give them. And whenever anyone tries to do that, it's always a mistake. So they're not operating by faith, they're operating by works, and Christians do this too. We try to get ahead in life, we don't do it out of what the Lord's giving to us, like his promises, We decide to do it for ourselves, we create our own opportunities, we try to get ahead without the Lord, and it only ever leads to wrong. And so what ends up happening here is they end up conquering conquering the city of Laish and they rename it Dan. But then they take these these idols that Jonathan, the grandson of Moses, was the priest of and they set them up in this new town as like their centre of worship. It's very, very convenient if you don't have to travel to go down to the tabernacle, which is several days' walk away, to go worship God, if you've got something there that you can just worship yourself. And because they didn't have proper understanding, this is what they did, and it ends ends up becoming a snare to them. If you remember, way back in Genesis chapter 49, when Jacob is on his deathbed, and he's dying, and he's blessing his sons, except the blessing... Blessing is, uh, not all of the blessings were actual blessings. Some of them are more like curses. And he says to Dan, he says to Dan, you, the tribe of Dan, or Dan will be a snake that bites the rider's heel. Well, that's what the tribe of Dan ends up becoming. We see it right here. They end up setting up an alternate system of worship with none other than Moses' grandson as the priest. And it's just bad. It becomes a snare for all of Israel much, much later, um, at least a couple of hundred years, I think, uh, maybe four to 500 years, we've got a king, the nation of Israel ends up splitting, 10 of the tribes go nor- uh, in one na- nation in the north, two of the tribes are in a nation in the south, and they have each have their own king, and the first king in the north, Jeroboam the first, he sets up two golden statues, and he sets up one in, um, where is it, Bethel, and the other in Dan. Now he, he does it politically because he doesn't want people going to Jerusalem, but the second statue is in Dan. So what begins as a, uh, a snare to Israel in a small way with these idols becomes a much bigger snare in the future with Jeroboam, King Jeroboam. And basically, because these people had tried to take an inheritance for themselves outside of what the Lord was saying, the entire tribe ends up out of the will of God And it ends up becoming, in the long scheme of things, one of the lost tribes of Israel. You know, there are 10 tribes of Israel that become lost. And it's just those, the southern two tribes that become, you know, they remain. And so um, what I've got here, I just think this is really interesting, is I've got a picture here. This is from archaeology at Dan. So the city of Dan, or the town of Dan, is an archaeological site. It's called Tel Dan. And uh, that site there, I'll show you another look, but you can see the stairs going up to the left. That's where people used to walk up to worship um, the alternate alternate God in Dan. Now this site here isn't the one we've just read about, it's the later one that Jeroboam set up with the cow. But it's been uncovered. You can go there and see the actual place where people thought they were worshipping Yahweh, but they weren't. But Dan's been interesting in other ways for archaeology, too. And there was this discovery of this um, stone tablet called the Tel Dan steel. And a steel is just like a tablet. The Tel Dan steel was discovered, and it was a monument celebrating victory um, over the Israelites. Now, the Israelites at the time of the monument were the northern tribes, including the tribe of Dan. And the king was believed to have been Hazael, the king of Aram. And he had an alliance with the king of Judah. And this tablet, written in the tablet, it basically mentions that they've had this victory over Israel along with help from the house of David. So this is tablet here, this is the ancient Paleo-Hebrew. Uh, sorry, it's not Paleo, yeah, this is Paleo-Hebrew. And it talks about the house of David. And that was the first archeological proof that King David was a real person and the house of David or the dynasty of David was a real thing. Up to then, there was all these skeptical people. Why, I'm not really sure, because the Bible is one of the greatest historical things that we have in the world, and time after time after time, the Bible is proven correct. So for me, with the Bible, it's always innocent until proven guilty. (laughs) And so far, it's always been proved innocent. But uh, a lot of people, it's guilty until proved innocent, and they're always, you know, coming up with red faces. So in this chapter, we've read about the, the tribe of Dan who've, who've stepped right outside of God's will to take for an inheritance for themselves out of a piece of land that the Lord hadn't given, but they've also set up for themselves a, an alternate place of worship with none other than the grandson of Moses as priest. It's all really terrible. And the, the prophet Samuel writes that all of this happened um, in the time of the judges because in Israel, there was no king. Now, interestingly, some people think that the book of Judges was written a long time later, you know, in the time of King Josiah, and they think Samuel didn't write it, and they think that all of this was, was you know, proof that, you know, they, they were trying to suggest that um, this was written to validate the need for a king, and, um, but the, the weird thing about that is, if it was written years later in the time of Josiah, there's no need to validate the need for a king because they already have kings. In the mind of Samuel though, who did write it, because Samuel hadn't actually lived at a time where there'd been kings for very long. He was was writing at a time when when you've got Saul, who's just become king. He's like right at the beginning, and Samuel thinks that a king is gonna solve all these problems. He actually hasn't lived long enough to realize (laughs) that just because they have a king doesn't mean they all follow the Lord. And that's, that's a sad point in the history of Israel, that out of the 30-odd kings they have, only seven are any good. But anyway, that's a discussion for later. Heavenly Father, it's really sad that the grandson of Moses, you know, set up or was a part of this alternate worship to you. And um, Father, I ask that you'd protect us from lawlessness. Lord, people who just thought they could do whatever they want in these stories and protect us from the same. Lord, help us to be people who follow you, not just sincerely, but accurately. Help us to be people who know what you want and we do it, not just people who do whatever we think is right. Father, I did pray, I pray not just for us alone, but for the body of Christ. We are sincere. We want to do what's right. We want your help, but Lord, help your people. Lord, there's so many different Christians in the world, so many people who think they're doing the right thing. Father, I ask that you would purify the bride of Christ and your grace would be upon the church. In Jesus' name, amen.